So we just read the proper reading for the Feast of St. Timothy and Titus. Um, the passage from the day um, is about scattering the seed and the fact that some seed grows and some seed does not. But I think it's providential because what does this passage talk about mentioned three times here? Peace. It says, enter the house, pray for peace to this household. If a peaceful person lives there, your peace will rest upon him. But if not, the peace will return to you. This is what we are talking about today. Holy Mother Church has asked us to dedicate today, Wednesday, January the 26th, as a day of prayer for peace in the Ukraine. Pope Francis called for today for this World Day of Prayer. Now, I would like to add personally for myself and invite those of you who are able to also add fasting. And remember, fasting doesn't necessarily have to be from food. It could be from your TV, from your internet, your cell phone. What is happening, if you haven't read the news, and this is what the Holy Father has brought up, this is what the church is asking us to pray for. So I'm not being political, just trying to inform you of what the situation is that we are being asked to pray for. Russia has amassed uh, thousands of troops at the Ukrainian border. And it has been described that invasion has gone from possible to probable to imminent that this is most likely going to happen. The reports that are coming out of Russia are that Putin feels threatened and wants to reverse the Cold War. Um, basically, he feels that the surrounding countries have now turned to NATO, and he now feels that it's time to reverse the Cold War and annex all the former Soviet republics, or at least some of them. This is the reports coming out of Russia. Ukraine was, the Ukraine was one of those former Soviet republics. So the word is that instead of, well, I mean, if we look at today's reading in the passage from the, from the day, it talks about spreading the gospel and growing, growth, the seed will grow. Um, but I think what we have to look at today is that gospel is about the growth of what? God's kingdom. Um, let us grow God's kingdom instead of growing necessarily <clears throat> communists or atheistic states. Let us pray for the growth of the kingdom of God, not in the growth of tyranny. This is important. Let's pray for the sovereignty of nations um, and protection, especially for Poland, as Jesus asked St. Faustina to do. Poland was a former Eastern Bloc nation. And so Jesus asked St. Faustina to pray for the protection of Poland and for these countries. We should too. Our Lord recognized national sovereignty. He didn't say to wipe out all borders. So this is, I think, important. And the reading <clears throat> of the passage that was for the day 
It says Jesus assembled a huge, large crowd. It was symbolic of him talking to the whole world. And I think today, like back then, the world needs to listen to God, what God is saying. We can do this from the Bible. Now, what's interesting is what is happening in Russia appears to be what is prophesied in the Bible. And I can do a whole talk on that later. So people might say, well, why worry then, Father? This is in the Bible. This is prophesied. This is what is going to happen. Well, remember what Pope Benedict said about prophecy. Pope Benedict said uniquely as Christians, prophecy is not always set in stone. Now, some things are like the second coming of Christ, uh, the existence of the Antichrist. We, we know that those are set. We can't change those. But other prophecies like Mary at Fatima warning about the heirs of Russia said, but if we pray and do penance, we can avoid these issues. We can avoid these tragedies. But if we don't pray and do penance, there will be chastisement. So Benedict, Benedict basically said prophecy is not necessarily set in stone, and we can affect change with prayer and fasting. Why do you think the church today called for a day of prayer? Very important. Even private revelation, as I just mentioned, Mary appearing at Fatima, is a warning. If we don't return to God, if we don't stop offending God, then these things will happen. We reap what we sow. Again, that passage of the sower and the seed listed in today is we reap what we sow. If we're going to sow seed of injustice and immorality, we're going to reap the consequences of that. God is giving us a chance here to change. But we may now be facing moral reckoning. This might be happening, but again, God is giving us every chance to pray and fast to avoid this. God gave us a warning back in 1917 at Fatima. We didn't respond, and two world wars followed. It's an important lesson. We had a moral reckoning back then with communism and fascism that almost destroyed us. Only through the mercy of God did we avoid that. Let us not make that same mistake twice. Let us turn to the mercy of God. That could have all been avoided, our Blessed Mother said, if we would have turned to God, prayer and penance. So, you know, a lot of people are asking about Putin and asking, is he genuine? Because he talks a lot about Christian values. Or is he just masquerading as a defender of Christian ideals? Some say he is, that he's opening churches in Orthodox faith, and others have said He's perpetrated a lie that the Ukraine is not an independent nation along with the other nations of the former Soviet Union and therefore need to be invaded. I guess time will tell. We will see. But Putin's actions seem to show that they believe Russia has a right, a right to be the heir of the baptism of the Eastern Slavs. I am from the Eastern Slavs. 
that's a personal, I take a personal interest in this because of who I am. You know, the United States gets blamed often, and I believe incorrectly, for being the horrible, awful imperialist of the past. And the left wants to use that to divide our nation. Russia has been an imperial aggressor, especially with the Ukraine, for hundreds of years. And one of the worst atrocities ever committed in human history. In 1932, Stalin purposely starved four million Ukrainians to death. The Ukraine has suffered greatly. And so we have to understand the need for prayer here. Where is the condemnation or where was the condemnation of that? And yet United States is the target around the world for being a bully. But yet look what is happening around the world elsewhere. If America falls, trust me, our world will be in trouble. Destroy America, the defender of freedom, and see what happens to the rest of the world. We need to pray. We need to pray for Ukraine, for Russia, and the United States. Some say, don't be political, Father, but Pope Francis is being political. The Catechism of the Catholic Church says we must be political. You can look it up when it regards human rights and the salvation of souls. That we as Catholics must get involved in politics when the issues at stake are human freedom and rights and the salvation of souls. Both of those are at stake here. There needs to be a moral reckoning in the world. There needs to be a changing of our ways. Remember, whether or not Russia was consecrated or not, I know I've gotten a lot of letters saying, Father, this whole problem is because Russia wasn't consecrated. I understand those points, but I will make this one comment. Whether or not Russia was consecrated, whether or not you believe she was or not, whether or not she actually was consecrated or not, believe it or not, is beyond our control and at this point doesn't matter for us personally. That's between God and the Holy Father and the former popes, right? But what does involve you is the second request Mary asked at Fatima. Remember, for Mary, Mary said for there to be the conversion of Russia, two things need to happen. The world seems to only point to the first one, Russia must be consecrated. This is true. Mary did say that. But whether or not Russia is consecrated, Mary said a second thing had to happen. We, the laity, you, the laity, me, the clergy, have to do the first Saturday devotions. The first Saturday devotions to make reparation to the Immaculate Heart for the blasphemies incurred against her immaculate heart. So what are the first Saturdays? Join us. Next weekend will be a first Saturday. We've been doing this now for over a year. Some of you have faithfully joined us. God bless you. If you haven't, please do. It has never been more important ever than it is right now. Our Lord asked that Our Lady be honored. 
And on the first Saturday, we make reparation for the wound to the Immaculate Heart of the blasphemies of mankind. Then Mary said Russia would be converted. After she is consecrated and we do the first Saturdays, how many people do you know who are doing first Saturdays? I am in the midst of the world of priests and religious, and I would sadly say probably less than half of them are doing it. And with the laity, only a tiny fraction. We need to all return to what Mary requested and do the five first Saturdays. Please join us. If you don't know what they are, we'll explain it again next Saturday, the first Saturday of every month. Join us live as we do that at 11.45. I will do a short talk on Mary and apparitions beforehand, and we will then lead those prayers. As we said, there needs to be a moral reckoning. And this is a way to avoid that. Well, I should say to avoid the chastisement. There needs to be a moral reckoning. And we can begin that by returning to Our Lady. So I finish by saying, I, and mentioned in the beginning of this, that I would add fasting to today's request of the Holy See to pray for peace in the Ukraine. Now, some of you may not be able to fast on food because of health reasons. Please, I'm not saying you should do that. If your health is in jeopardy or you have diabetes or low blood sugar or high blood sugar, whatever it may be, please be prudent. Follow your doctor. But for those who can fast, let's do this, please. Fasting is a tradition in the church. I'd like to read you one paragraph as we finish. According to a pulpit commentary on Catholic teachings, Wednesdays and Fridays were days of fast in the Catholic Church. Today is Wednesday, the perfect day. One of the reasons Wednesdays and Fridays were chosen as fasting days in early Christian Rome was to counteract sinful behavior that was prevalent among pagans on those specific days. In the early church, Wednesdays and Fridays were appointed as days of fasting. Their choice was most appropriate. For Wednesday was then dedicated by the pagans to Mercury, the god of theft and injustice. And Friday was consecrated to Venus, the goddess of carnal love and sexual debauchery. Wherefore, fasting on those days was well calculated by the church, both to atone for the countless sins of injustice and impurity committed everywhere, almost without restraint, and to keep the Christians from indulging in them. How ironic that in today's world, what are the two things we are struggling with most? Injustice and impurity. So Wednesday, dedicated to the Mercury God of injustice, they fasted. On Friday, dedicated to the goddess Venus of impurity and sexual debauchery, they fasted. 
I think that's why traditionally we now have Ash Wednesday and Good Friday as the two days of fasting in the church, even today, Wednesday and Friday. So let us pray. Let us fast on this day if we are able. And if you can't from food, maybe from a TV show, maybe a dessert. And so I finished that quote by saying, well, that may have been an early reason why those days were chosen as fast days. There's actually a greater reason that Wednesday was chosen as a fast day. The primary reason Wednesday became a fasting day was in memory of Judas's betrayal of Jesus, who, according to tradition, betrayed Jesus on a Wednesday. This carries into today. Oh, there we go. With Ash Wednesday and Good Friday. So let us pray. And, you know, I'm going to have postulant Joe read, Joseph, read from the diary number 818 when you hear it at the end of our Eucharistic celebration. And St. Faustina mentions Russia. And she said she's praying for this poor country. And Jesus says to her, I can't take Russia anymore. Don't tie my hands. There will be a chastisement. This is the God of the universe saying, I've had enough of Russia. Don't tie my hands. There will be a chastisement. And guess what Faustina did? She tied his hands with prayer and fasting. If St. Faustina can do it, if thousands and thousands of us gather together today, right now, we can do it. God's mercy is begging it. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily Masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Dot org. Thank you, and God bless you.